0: Welcome back to Wrench Nation, hanging out with you guys every Wednesday from the East Valley Institute of Technology. One of your favorite nationally ranked, you know, they go to Skills USA just about every year. One of the greatest automotive programs, and we get the honor and privilege to hang and take you on a journey, Wrench Nation. Talking about the kind of journey. Show number 167, Steve Celine, bringing race proven performance to the street. And of course, show number 162, Bruce Canapa, the race history collection. And uh, one of the shows that I think you guys really would like to catch, wrenchnation.tv, how these police departments are working together within the realm of the automotive to reach out to a lot of the gang youth out there, and that's show number 164. My point is, get on the wrenchnation.tv. Jot in your email, people. A lot of you have. We've got close to 15,000 of you. Boy, oh, boy, let's clap, Susie. Yay. Ooh, 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 ooh. We appreciate you guys. Get on the wrenchnation.tv. Put your email. Uh, hang out with our weekly... Newsletter and speaking of Susie, I got my lovely co-host. How are you doing, Mrs. Susie Sockets? I'm amazing, Mr. Frank. How are you, buddy? I'm wunderbar, You're but wunderbug. I have I'm Uh huh. Uh huh. Yeah yeah. Uh, yeah yeah. Now uh, we uh, try to take you folks on an automotive journey every week, and we we've had many many guests, and we are actually grateful to you guys, especially you podcast maniacs. Every Sunday, you know, we upload the podcast, and Saturday we have our uh, KFNX ninety point seven. And, of course, our 88.7, the Pulse Familia. I had an experience because I have been a traveling wheelbury, Susie.
1: Yes, you have. We missed you, and good to have you back.
0: Yes, I'm glad to be back. I'm here for a little bit, but I had the opportunity to fly a lot, like seven different trips in the last two weeks, yes. all industry stuff. But i got to share with you what happened to me. How many of you people have had your plane have to be grounded For a situation or two, you've had that happen. Of course. Okay. Well, let me ask you, what if they told you that when the plane arrived to the terminal, letting off the passengers Mm -hmm. and you're waiting for that plane to be cleaned out, the overhead operator from the terminal says, well, we have a problem. The mechanic said we need to perform maintenance and tires need to be replaced. Tire replacement. Now, I'm saying to myself, well, maintenance, first off, it's not maintenance. If right. you're replacing the tires right now, right here, in front of all of us who are ready to fly this plane in about 15 minutes, that's not preventative maintenance. How many tires does well, plane the plane have? Well, the three tires they had to replace. All of them? So we were, we were, it was about an hour and a half, which I will give, I'm not mentioning the airline, I'll give them kudos. But what I'm thinking is, how could this be maintenance somebody didn't do the maintenance that's right but it landed you did i mean i guess you could have a situation with uh tires maybe maybe when it landed that particular maybe something happened but the way they put it why couldn't they just tell us oh we got a problem with the tires they need to be (laughs) this is a repair
1: that's right that's a repair well did the tpms light come on or something trying? i don't
0: know if i'm sure they have a low pressure <laughs> sensor light on there but i i just thought that was kind of odd and people were nervous because most most consumers know that okay here's this big plane yeah uh isn't the maintenance performed like at midnight like somewhere where we can't see oh my nah. so it was, it was pretty interesting to how see. how long that. did you have to wait well it was an hour and a half it wasn't too bad okay they got it done i mean it. you know and everybody, people were laughing, oh, they have it done in no time. It's like NASCAR pit crew. It's like, well, no, don't <laughs> speed that up. I want to make sure. So a lot of people got grumpy, but my point was, like, I said, well, I'm glad they found this. Right. Because I didn't want to land in Phoenix with no rubber on them tires. That's
1: an important piece of that plane.
0: I don't know. It's just, you know, I don't, I guess flying's okay. I'm lukewarm to it. You listening, I don't know how you feel about flying. Flying used to be a lot better, in my opinion, I think. I love flying. I just don't care for the security stuff. Well, I signed up for Clear. You did? What does that mean? Well, Clear for X amount of dollars, it's not very, well, I'll tell you, it's $175 for the year. Okay. Now, if you are someone that is going to be traveling. Frequently. Once a year it doesn't cut it. But if you see yourself making eight to 10 trips, $175, they do the fingerprint thing, you do all this kind of stuff. Oh. And you go in the front of the line. Nice, you so line I, cutter, you. I did that. You I said, did. people look at me. Oh, is that guy Secret Service? Why is he going in the front?
1: Wow.
0: So I thought that was pretty good. That so. is neat.
1: I didn't even know they had that available.
0: Yeah, it's cool. I know clear. they have it at
1: Disneyland. Oh, you know, I, where you can cut in front of the line or whatever.
0: That's cool. Yeah. So how is uh, things shaking and baking in your I'm, world, Miss Susie I'm, Sockets? So,
1: you know, many, many, many cities and states are always trying to lower that emissions uh, greenhouse.
0: You know. I, well, yeah,
1: yeah. So this is what's what's interesting is that Minneapolis Minnesotians. I was in just a in big, Minneapolis. They're in for a big surprise.
0: What's going on? They got a hole up above their city. What's no, happening? No,
1: Frank. So you know what do you go to? What do you go to the fast food joints for? Well, just quick, fast, easy drive through. Yeah. All right. So new developments are not going to include a drive through.
0: What? Yes. Well, think about it. I guess a lot of people are idling in line, like in and out Burger. That's not in and you're not getting out fast in that one. That's
1: right. So the greenhouse emissions, it's
0: actually greater when you're at idle. Uh, Of course.
1: And of course, there's pedestrian accidents. Oh. So... Not only are they going to eliminate the drive through for New Develop, or for these, I think these are for Burger Kings. But you know who else
0: got? But uh, someone, they, all of them must be, look. I mean, you can't just pick one franchise.
1: Yeah, no, and uh, Taco Bell, Wendy's, and McDonald's was also part of uh, part of this. Wow. Yeah, so that's going to be an interesting thing. But I'll tell you what, the big thing is that down the line, they're trying to eliminate gas stations and mandatory parking regulations. To discourage ownership of vehicles.
0: I'm telling you. We had Sam Schwartz on, former New York City traffic commissioner. Great book, No One Behind the Wheel, who predicted mid-century, we will not be driving. This is... This is a revolution, people. It is. I will be driving. I plan on living (laughs) to 110. I'll be around. I am not giving up my rights to drive, and I do want to idle for my cheeseburger. But, you know, since we do Wrench Nation, we're hearing more and more cities
1: that are kind of going down that path, Frank.
0: Pedestrian friendly. So it's coming, yeah. Well, if you look at Europe, Europe is, uh, you know, everyone over there is in a scooter, bikes. I mean, if you had a Chevy pickup in Paris, France, people, they'd call the police on you because it's, you know, they don't drive. They don't drive pickups in Europe like that. That's right, but no more drive-through fast food. Well, here's another change, and uh, I like I like this story, people, because this involves the consumer and the government. The government's asking your advice. Maybe how many times do you you give your advice to the government? I know you guys are laughing right now because they're like, "Well, they're not going to listen to me anyway." <laughs> well, NHTSA, which is National Highway Transportation Safety administration, you know, that's our federal arm to keep us safe on the freeways. They want to ask you, Joe Public, Jill Public, should cameras replace car mirrors? Oh, wow. Well, that's already happening. Yeah. We instituted as, uh, and I know a lot of you saying, no, I want my, my, my what am I going to clean in the car? Well, I want my mirrors <laughs> and stuff. But- they are asking you. Uh, drivers in the U.S. may one day no longer have to crane their necks. Look how they put this story. I'm not craning my neck to look at the mirror. I get it comfortable and I just do a little eyeball slot <laughs> But here's the story. Drivers in the U.S. may one day no longer have to crane their necks to check their blind spot. Now, blind spots is a different story. That's huge. Yeah. Uh, some vehicles, the blind spots are horrendous. Um, well, I'm going to pick on Mazda. If you get uh, some of the, some of the smaller two door. Uh, I can't think of the models right now, but yeah, they're putting, they're putting, you've got, you know, video stuff, you know, because you, you can't see. The pillars are so tight. National uh, Traffic Safety Administration said in a notice on Wednesday that it is seeking public and industry input. Well, Susie, we are industry. And public. And I say we give them input. Okay, then. How do we do that, Frank? Well, Susie, you want cameras or you want mirrors? Which one do you want? Well,
1: I probably like technology better, so I'm going to go cameras.
0: You do like, I know you just got that new iPhone. I did. I love it. That's a big phone. It is. With three, three cameras. All right, so Brie, i to go mirrors. Brie Why? wants mirrors.
1: Because I don't want the cost of my insurance to go up, and I don't want somebody to say that it's my camera that's at fault, and therefore I'm at fault if something goes out. If it goes out, I have nothing.
0: Well, we if don't I'm know this. If stuck in a
1: monsoon storm, I have nothing.
0: Well, if it goes out, what's the backup to the backup to the backup if those cameras go out? <laughs> like, I mean,
1: like, if you have a mirror that's behind it, fine. Keep it there.
0: Whatever. All right. So rear and side view mirrors uh may uh be mandated. Uh, we know that the rear view mirror about six years ago mandated for safety. The reverse, you put it in reverse and you got a little, so you don't hit people and little animals when you back out. Right. The automatic braking, which is essentially the cruise control on steroids. A lot of you have that in these newer vehicles. That's mandated Coming up, that's going to be automatic, automatic braking. So that's going to be stock on vehicles. I think it's the next two years where it's going to be every vehicle has to have that. And now where we're going to is the mirrors. Now, Lexus has them out. Uh, The Europeans are, they're always cutting edge. uh, uh, So they want your opinion, people. They want your vote. You're not too busy to vote on a rear. You want cameras or mirrors (laughs) But I tell you what, uh, most uh, I've got a lot of you guys out of Nevada. We appreciate our Nevadian family. Oh, heck yeah. Out of Reno, out of Vegas, and all of you listening have been to Vegas, and you probably have been through really nice town, Reno, Nevada. Beautiful. Now, Reno, I will tell you, has the National Automobile Museum. Now, there's many museums you can go to, but this Museum just located just south of Truckee River in Reno, has some of the most wonderful historic automobiles from the late 19th century and throughout the 20th. Now, so I'm saying, if you're going to wipe out your wallets and gamble, well, go to a museum after <laughs> you're done and check out some old school cars. Uh, the museum has been named in the top 10 museums by Car Collector Magazine, uh, one of America's five greatest automobile museums, and I think that's really cool. Uh, we are going to have Jay Hubbard on from the National Car Museum. Uh, he's hanging in the wings for, uh, for us, and Las Vegas is having their very first concourse delegance. Ooh. I want you guys to look up while we go through the break 1938 Phantom Corsair 1938 Phantom Corsair Go look that vehicle up Because we are coming back To talk about that vehicle The Las Vegas Concourse Delegance And bring in Jay Hubbard From the National Automobile Museum Out of Reno We got a jam-packed show for you guys Stay tuned Ranch Nation, next Bolt-on Technologies Automotive Software Solutions. Auto repair shops that have Bolt-on Technologies software provide customer vehicle condition reports including photos and text. Real-time digital reports, multi-point inspections, estimates, and repair information at your fingertips. Info at BoltOnTechnology.com Right on. Welcome back, Wrench Nation. Susie and Frank, always a pleasure to hang with you guys every week. Make sure you get on wrenchnation.tv, jot your email, uh, subscribe. we get a weekly newsletter uh, about some announcements that, uh, you know, every week we got something going on. This week, we are honored to have Mr. Jay Hubbard uh, from the National Automobile Museum, uh, which has the Hara Collection. In fact, uh, let's bring on Jay. Jay, are you hanging in there? I'm here. Welcome to the show. How are you?
2: Doing very well, sir. Thank you.
0: We appreciate the time. Now, uh, we, we definitely got to dive in. Uh, tell us uh, the history about uh, Mr. William Fisk, Bill the Harrah, uh, Harrah's Casino, as part of his collection there at the National, yeah?
2: Yeah, well, Mr. Harrah, well, of course, uh, we all know gaming and we all know Harris Hotel Casinos uh, all over the United States and uh, all around the world. But uh, Mr. Harrah did have a passion for the automobile. And between uh, 1948 and right up until his uh, death in, in 1978, he was uh, buying and amassing a, a huge collection of automobiles, somewhere over 1,400 at the time of his passing, uh, that uh, amounted to the Harold Automobile Collection. Um, after his passing, after the uh, the hotel and casinos were sold off, uh, we were donated 175 cars from that collection, and that what started the uh, the basis for the National Automobile Museum her collection here
0: in reno nevada Yeah, some wonderful cars if you're listening uh automuseum.org i invite you to get on over to the website uh That's was there car. was there some uh sort of infighting with the holiday incorporation in the state of nevada um about the release and you know some cars were to go here or or was this just a clean transaction tell us about the history of that
2: well, of course, you know there were people that didn't want to see the collection broke up, and there were people who uh, felt that you know we sh- you know that it was too large and and too uh, too unwieldy for most visitors to come through. Of course, Holiday Inn's was under no compunction whatsoever, or no compulsion whatsoever, I should say. To uh, do anything but you know, do what they will with the automobiles, they were their property at the time, Yeah. and uh, they're their largesse that they donated uh, these 175 cars. And at the time, that donation constituted the largest tax deductible donation uh, given in the United States.
0: Wow! So they couldn't complain there, uh, and I well, agree it would it would have been tough to take the whole collection. <laughs> I mean that you know that would. You, well, you, not
2: for you, me, but... You, I was going to say, not for Jay.
0: <laughs> Mr. Jay Hubbard would love to have 1,100, 1,200 gorgeous-looking cars. <laughs> not a problem. Yeah. Thought, yeah. <laughs> Speaking of gorgeous cars, we know that throughout history we've had, you know, celebrities like to, uh, well, they get their little collection of cars. I understand you had uh, Frank Sinatra and John Wayne's vehicles uh, yeah, hanging out there. Uh, tell us about yeah. those vehicles.
2: Well, uh, yeah, we have uh, uh, a 1961 uh, Gia, which is a custom-bodied Italian-built body uh, on a Chrysler chassis. They built uh, 25 of these automobiles, 1961-62. The uh, Rat Pack and, of course, Frank Sinatra owned several of the cars. Uh, different individuals, so it's an extremely rare machine. Uh, Mr. Hera purchased this automobile directly from Frank Sinatra about 1973. Ah. And it has been in the collection ever since. So it's basically a, an unrestored, original, as Frank left the automobile uh, in our collection.
0: Wow. Oh, cool. Yeah. And that's neat that everything is kind of left in its... Uh, original. Yeah, not much changes. But you also have, uh, in that collection, you have what is known as the Girari. Girari. Yes, tell, yeah. tell us, what is a
2: Girari? A Gerrari is what happens when you own the Ferrari dealership and the Jeep dealership and you have 250 <laughs> craftsmen at your disposal. Wow. And, uh, you know, so you want to have a the world's fastest uh, Jeep. And uh, you drop a Ferrari V12 inside of a Jeep Wagoneer, and uh, there a you go.
0: Jeez, that a is Jeep incredible. Wagoneer. Gosh, that's a family mobile <laughs> yeah, right there. And uh, oh, we, sure. we were just talking about the environment and keeping things clean. That is not something that we even care about. That's probably only get, what, four miles with the gallon. But that is oh. awesome. That's got to be one of the more popular
2: vehicles. Oh, amongst the off-road set, yes. Yeah. Yeah, right. Very much. Uh,
0: I'm trying to find a picture of the Ferrari, and there it is. Um, Wow!
2: It's your basic Wagoneer. I mean, you know, at first inspection, it looks just like any other Wagoneer, except you'll find it's about three to four inches longer, and there's a lot more stuff under the
0: hood. A lot more stuff, like a like a a V12 (laughs) Ferrari engine. Yeah, no doubt. (laughs) That's amazing. You have, let's see here, in 1908, let's see, I'm looking at some of these notes because you have way, way too many cool vehicles, but you also have the 1907 Thomas Flyer that Mm -hmm. won the race back uh, in 1908, uh, Mm -hmm. which uh, embarked uh, on one of the most grueling journeys of all time uh, from New York to Paris in an automobile in the early 1900s. 198
2: 1908, uh, February through July, New York to Paris, 22,000 land miles the long way, driving across the continent of the United States, uh, crossing the Pacific Ocean, and then driving across the Asian and European continents to end up under the Eiffel Tower.
0: Wow. wow. That, I mean, so odd days. I, think, I think car manufacturers were really trying to complete with <laughs> the uh, airplane manufacturers at the time. Because, <laughs> I'm like, you know what, wait a minute. So I have a question. Jay, I, mm-hmm. I, you have... Obviously, the National uh, Auto Museum is uh, out of Reno. is one of the gems. Uh, Susie and I are gonna make it out there uh, to check out the collection for sure. Mm-hmm. We want to know: Do you do you have a hard time leaving and going home, or do you just want to stay there all <laughs> night?
2: <laughs> well, my wife would tell you that yeah, there are many nights that uh, she wonders where I'm at, and then she realizes where I'm at. But uh, yeah, and uh, you know, of course, today I'm on a busman's holiday. And I'm making this call from. Uh, from Pennsylvania, where I'm attending the uh, Eastern National Meet of the Auto- Antique Automobile Club of America. Most people will know that as the Hershey Swap Meet. So it's a it's a bad habit I've got, and I do my best to feed it.
0: That's a good. It's <laughs> a good habit to have. Um, give us an idea about. Uh, we've got a ton of mechanics and automotive technicians that listen to the show throughout the country. How how do you maintain a collection like this? And what are some of the challenges that you can have? I mean, obviously, you've got to start these vehicles up on a regular basis, I imagine. Uh, what kind of schedule do you have, and how's that all done?
2: Well, it, you know, depending on the workload and you know how many shows and, and other events we attend uh, with automobiles, how many requests we have for automobiles to go out various places, uh, will depend on how much time I get to spend uh, on the collection itself. Uh, a lot of my time is relegated to just those automobiles that are going out. So uh, therefore, they have to be brought out of the collection, of course, and and put into running condition. Um, you know, fluids, fuels, that sort of thing. That any tune-up and repairs and such as you know, just to, without going into huge details. But as much as it is to prepare the automobile to go someplace, there's as much work that goes into the automobile when it comes home to be put back into storage. Uh, it's not like you know you take your car and just put it in the garage overnight and turn off the key. Um, I have to put these automobiles to bed for what could be a few years. Yeah. So uh, therefore they have to be properly uh, set aside and we could spend a, a great deal of time on that and, and bore people to tears. But uh you know, it's 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 just constant it's it's maintenance, it's upkeep, it's it's attention to detail and such as, and then of course as each technology and machine as you know, as, as we regress back into the early years of the automobile. Um there's a lot of different things that have to be done in order to prepare and maintain the automobiles so that the next time they come out, they're just as ready to hit the road as when I put them away the last trip.
0: Right. And one of those vehicles that uh, I'm sure you're honored to let go for a little bit is that 1938 Phantom Corsair, yes. which is such a gorgeous... I mean, I think that should be the... If, if you had no clue about cars... And we were, our job as industry types was to get you addicted like sugar. We would just show you a picture of that 1938 (laughs) Phantom course there and like, okay, they're addicted. Yeah, no, it's beautiful. It is. And and that vehicle's on loan to the very first Las Vegas inaugural Concourse Mm Delegants.
2: Yes. Yeah, I'll be bringing it down there uh, at the end of the month.
0: That's awesome! Well, Tell this us is what's cool yeah. is
1: that I found a I found an ad from the 1930s where they actually uh, premiered the Corsair, and it's this Phantom Corsair, revolutionary sound deadening, crash safety, suspension technology. All this can be yours for twelve thousand five hundred.
0: That was big money back then, but this was state of the art. Again, I remind you, if you're listening, uh, of course, not while you're driving, please. But get online, look at a picture of the 1938 Phantom Corsair, or just get on Auto. Uh, automuseum.org, the National Automob- uh, Automobile Museum. Uh, how did you acquire the 38 Phantom Corsair at the museum?
2: Well, that was Mr. Harrow again. It was he Mr. Okay. For, well, yeah. yeah, He had an eye for this sort of thing. And uh, when the automobile came on the market in uh, 1970, uh, he was there to purchase it and make it part of his collection. So, uh, yeah, he's just one of the many fascinating and wonderful vehicles that passed through Mr. Harris' hands uh, in 30 years of collecting.
0: Uh, We're going to have Mr. Stuart Sobek, who's the founder and chairman of the very inaugural Las Vegas concourse, Delegance. Uh, He's going to come on the show in a little bit. How did you guys sort of drum up this relationship? And I don't know if I can ask, why pick the 38? I mean, I I know there's other vehicles there, but the 38 is a gem. Everybody wants the thirty-eight Phantom. Is that Corsair? Is that right?
2: Pretty much. Yeah, it's, I've taken it uh, just about. Uh, oh, I've taken it uh, several places here in the continental United States. I've uh, taken it to Europe twice. Um, yeah, it's uh, it's a stunning. Uh, it, it makes such a statement uh, anywhere it goes, and it's not. I mean, you're not going to find anything else like it, as far as that's concerned. It's basically and very much so a one-off design, and uh, nobody has even come close, uh, in my opinion, to duplicating the.
0: The uh, the impact it makes uh, in in viewing. Yeah, Um, although dismissed as a failure because it never entered production, uh, the Corsair is regarded as ahead of its time because of its futuristic features. And I'm reading this to let our audience know Uh, it's a prototype automobile built in 1938. What makes it so futuristic? Talk us to through the details. Um, a little bit of chassis, maybe engine, maybe interior, because everybody wants that interior to be. What's so different about that Phantom Corsair?
2: Well, I, I, I mean, it's just, it, it's hard, you know, it starts mechanically, it's front-wheel drive, it's V8 power, uh, it, uh, it, it's a manual uh, transmission, but it's vacuum electric shift, so you know, the whole operation is done with just two fingers on a little controls. Doc, that was way
0: ahead of its time, people. <laughs> yeah, it I mean, oh, yeah. that was—I mean, you got a stick. In fact, that was it. If no, not, not like today. I mean, you, people. It's it's,
2: it's, yeah. it's it's entirely different than you know a huge, a large percentage of the automobiles being built anywhere in the world at that time. Yeah. Plus, then you add on the the, the streamline styling, which Mister um, Hines was working towards something that was going to be the the ultimate in streamlined design and, and being a slippery machine um you know so it's you know without it's hard it's not a teardrop but it's you know it's
0: it's close to it i mean it the the streamline the aerodynamics on that is incredible and then it also why not if we got aerodynamics we might as well have an altimeter oh yeah (laughs) and a compass (laughs) bells
2: and whistles yeah all over the place but he could afford it so i mean the rest was heir to the heinz 57 varieties fortune and and uh Uh, A nautical architect uh, was the way he described his position as being a designer of high-end yachts and boats and such, being kind of the black sheep of the family leaving the foods industry to go out and design boats. He wanted an automobile that was going to make a statement wherever it went, and this machine accomplishes that. That
0: 1938 Phantom Corsair also has onboard beverage cabinets. Well, that's oh, yeah. what it says. It's, sure. okay, you put a little well, beverage? Like, that's kind of <laughs> rolls. Why not? Hey, if you got a teardrop-looking vehicle, state of the art. I want my beverage cabinets. <laughs>
2: well, yeah. Yeah, that's, uh, this is the 1930s. You know, things, uh, the laws and, and uh, you know, conventionalities were quite different then. So, yeah, beverage cabinets and such as, well, of course, not for the driver. But, you know, passengers should not be uh, suffering in any way.
0: Yeah. Um, again, how many of these were made? Was there was less than? How many were made? Just the one car. Just Just, the one car. That's it? Oh, wow. Unfortunately,
2: Rust Rust, uh, met with an accident in another vehicle uh, right after getting this automobile produced. And uh, with his death, um, the automobile that designed the whole idea just kind of fell apart after that. The family divested themselves of the automobile, and and, uh, that was the end of that. It uh, bounced around with different collections through the 1940s and 50s eventually ending up with um, Will Schreiner, who was in television and radio all through the 1950s. It was in his collection until about 1968, 9 when he passed. And then the family, his family, sold the automobile, and Mr. Herr acquired it, and it has been part of the Herr collection ever
0: since. Yeah, unbelievable one of one, uh, and that is at the National uh, Auto Museum out of Reno, Nevada. I highly recommend that you guys uh, check that out. Uh, Jay, hang tight. We're going to bring you on next segment. We're going to talk about uh, what this uh, 38 was also known as the Flying Wombat. We're going to talk about yep. that in a few movies and also discuss some of the other great pieces in that collection of yours, their National Automobile Museum. I want you guys to stay tuned. Ranch Nation, next. near you dot right on welcome back frank and susie hanging out with your wrenchnation.tv get on over there uh sign up to our new weekly newsletter uh you can put your email in there no spam no penny stocks just some really good stuff positive positive stuff about the automotive industry and uh visit with us uh for the eclectic we've had all kinds of folks on from Echo Huang out of China. And, of course, uh, we had Noor Daoud from Palestine. We really try and take you guys on a journey. Speaking of journey, right here, well, in Nevada, in Nevada. Reno, <laughs> Nevada, uh, we've got Jay Hubbard of the National Auto Museum. Jay, welcome back. Yes, here I am. I, um, just impressive with not only the collection, but you folks there do something that is... Well, I got to say it's somewhat unique, because most collections, you have the collections there, uh, and there you are. Uh, They may be themed, but you folks will actually take visitors on a self-guided style experience through time and historic street scenes. Tell us about that.
2: Well, it was kind of groundbreaking at the time, but this is 30 years ago that we got started. We'll be celebrating our 30th anniversary. Oh, congratulations. Yeah,
0: congratulations
2: and uh, to actually place the automobiles in context rather than just storing them in the warehouse setting that was uh, Mr. Harris' uh, you know, former situation and many other automobiles at the time. So we have add, you know, street scenes added to our museum, and uh, so we can place the cars in, in a context in uh, the turn of the century or along during the 30s, and then into the fifties and, and such as, so you can see the automobiles kind of as you would in the scene, you know, on the streets uh, during their time.
0: So it really takes you back. I mean, that, that's that's pretty neat because now I mean try to. It, it's already pretty cool to to see some of these cars uh, mm-hmm. to begin with. But wh- what other thing you do is pretty pretty neat. Is you guys have a science Saturdays? So I take it you've got a lot of youngsters that are up and mm-hmm. coming in STEM programs, and why not pair them up with a bunch of classic cars?
2: Oh, yes. Yeah. We want to, you know, it's, you know, to bring them into, of course, the science we have paired off with the, uh, the Challenger Learning Center, now the Nevada Space, Space Station Center, excuse me. Right. And uh, we're trying to do comparisons between, you know, science and its origins, uh, where it all begins, at least as far as 20th century science all goes. So we have examples, of, of course, in our collection of, you know, man overcoming his limitations uh, through the use of
0: machinery. That's pretty cool, because that covers the whole sort of transportation. You know, you, you step back in time, get a little taste of the future, and then simulate what would be a lot of youngsters. You know, I always ask guests as they come on the show, you name it, from Wayne Carini to we've had NHRA drivers on. Do you think car culture is slowly on its way out, Mr. J. Hubbard? What are your thoughts there?
2: Well, I, I get a lot of people asking that, and, and certainly there's a lot of uh, anecdotal evidence that will say that, you know, yeah, the car culture is on the wane. Um, but as far as the American lifestyle goes, the American uh, experience, so to speak, uh, the freedom and all that is uh, derived from owning and, and using of automobiles is uh, basically kind of the way we are. Uh, if you consider uh, what life was like before the automobile, uh, for 10,000 years of recorded history before the automobile, you were limited in your travels to basically the speed of uh, your muscles or, or that of an animal. Uh, six, maybe eight miles an hour, wherever you go, um, you were pretty much anchored to where you lived, uh, pretty, and some of that was where you were born. The mm-hmm. automobile changes everything. The internal combustion engine, I suppose, is what really changes it all, and from that point forward, suddenly we're free. Yeah. We can go anywhere, be anywhere, we can commute we're not tethered to that, that, you know, we're walking wherever we need to be.
0: Right. If you're just joining us, we've got the talented Jay Hubbard uh, of the National Automobile Museum, uh, the Hera Collection. Has a wow factor, people, you don't often find in a museum. You'll see more than 200 of these eye-popping, wonderful, historical cars. Uh, the Flying Wombat, that 38 Phantom horser, will you be in-house, Jay, for that inaugural uh, Las Vegas Concourse d'Elegance? De
2: yeah, I, I, I get to accompany the Phantom wherever he
0: goes. I was oh, going to say, yay. you ain't leaving that car aside. Uh, I always worry about the kids when they're out of the house.
1: Frank was just talking on break. What does it take to borrow a car from uh, I mean, you museum? don't have to discuss pricing <laughs> yeah, or know. anything,
0: but a lot of people would... would of, it's almost like an art gallery. Yeah, it gets, is an art gallery. What's the process? Uh, insurance things like? Could you share some of that with us?
2: Well, it, it, you know, of course, it, I don't want to talk too loudly. My insurance company may be listening. <laughs> um, <laughs> they're all very good people, though, and, and sure. they, they they are they are into us sharing our collection with the world as much as I am into sharing my collection with the world too. Well, my collection, I get to handle it, but uh, our collection. Um, it's, it's, it's one thing to come to the museum and see the automobile in a static setting in a nice, you know, climate-controlled building. It's another thing to come to the Concours and see the machine out in the, out in the open, out in the world. They take on an entirely different personality, a different stance. And then if you're lucky enough to be there when it's actually operating, I mean, there's just another little treat uh, thrown on, you know, to hear and feel. And, and I think mechanical artifacts, mechanical objects, they art, as we are displaying uh, here at the Concours, uh, take on a whole new uh, a whole new area. When you see them operating you can you can feel them and smell them and hear them and, and, and you know they just you know it, they get out of that sterile environment and they become a real living breathing machine.
0: Yeah. Well especially with um, not only being the one of one but such a very unique piece. Unbelievable at the time Hollywood wanted this vehicle in you know there's a few movies Hmm? that it was uh, starring in, if you will. And, in fact, I forget the name of the movie, but, Jay, they it, they had the dealership for the Wombat there, and they had these cars displayed, and it was incredible. It was state-of-the-art back then. You thought you walked into the airplane hangar or something. Like, wait a minute, are these, you know. Um, oh, yeah. <laughs> do you find that Hollywood, to this day, may say, hey, can we borrow some of your cars? Well, and would you we Yeah, yeah. Requests. Yeah.
2: We have yeah. request several of our automobiles have been in films, you know well, of course, young and Hard, which was the the you know, the flying that was death, the movie uh, yeah. yeah. There. Yeah. uh red Skeletons, excuse my dust our eighteen ninety two filling on um you know, of course, the movie stars that owned several of our automobiles. uh, the last automobile we sent out for a film was probably Titanic, our nineteen twelve rambler was the baggage car in the opening scenes of the movie titanic nice, um so I mean. The opportunity comes up. Uh, the, the the Phantom Corsair was used in uh, video game, um, oh uh, film, uh, was it uh, L A Noir or something like that? Video game. Okay. And a couple of our cars made it in that one, but the, most notably the Phantom Corsair.
0: Now you will uh, tag a valuable mechanic with you if you uh, take the Corsair out, or well, is that all? Many
2: hats, yes.
0: <laughs> or is that you, buddy? Are you are you ready <laughs> yes. to? Pop open that hood just in case.
2: Just in case, yes. You know, if we have to. Hopefully we'll have all our eyes uh, dotted and T's crossed before we leave the building. But it is a... It well, knock on wood, car. yeah. I was yeah. just curious
0: as to, you know... Uh I, I can see Jay was I was, his I was little just thinking, ready you to go.
1: hoping to be that uh, mobile mechanic? There, well, I, I was saying
0: I thought Jay would say, well, Frank right. and Susie, we could use a little pit crew uh, for the uh, the NAM out in Reno.
2: <laughs> well, sure, you know. you, <laughs> well you we will <laughs>
0: <laughs> We will look for you. Uh, Susie and I will try, of course, uh, you know, not too far from Phoenix. We, uh, we have a tight schedule, but we'd love to. We're going to meet anyway someday for sure. And okay. I do recommend you guys check out automuseum.org, the National Automobile Museum. There's so much Wonderful history as well as uh, science for the kiddos on the weekend. I think you're doing amazing things, Jay Hubbard. I want your job really <laughs>
2: <laughs> long, I didn't get long.
0: <laughs> Yeah but uh, we appreciate you hanging with us and of course we'll post all of this uh, up on our website so we can share the world of your wonderful National Automobile Museum out of Reno, Nevada. Thank you for joining.
2: Thank you very much.
0: Yeah, I mean, that's, uh, you know, you got uh, an incredible boatload of vehicles yeah, out there. Yeah, that's I mean, just way high cool. ranking, that Phantom Corsair. Speaking of which, uh, we have uh, Stuart Sobek, uh, who's going to be joining us. You guys stay tuned for that very first Las Vegas Concours d'Elegance. Stay tuned. Ranch Nation next. Get on to PartsAuthority.com, check locations nationally near you, PartsAuthority.com. They Welcome back. Frank and Susie hanging out with you. Remember to check out the 1938 Phantom Corsair. Uh, Phantom Corsairs leaving its home briefly to attend. It is excited. The Corsair is excited to be leaving its home Going on a road trip. It's going on a road trip, a very special road trip to the very first Concourse d'Elegance. Nice out in Las Vegas. I'm excited for that. Stuart Sobeck is the founder and chairman of the Vegas Concourse Delegance. And in fact, Stuart, you've been doing this for some time. You got the bug with your first visit to the world famous Pebble Beach. Welcome to the show. Hi, how are you guys today? Excellent, Stuart. Um, it's not like you just woke up and said, <laughs> well, I want to do a concourse out in Vegas.
3: <laughs>
0: well, it kind of is. That oh, it is. I <laughs> like it. Yeah. Right. And, work. I, and I don't recommend it to everybody. <laughs> I really don't. <laughs> it's a lot of work, for sure. We've done some work with, uh, uh, well, Peter uh, up at... Peter Volney. Uh, Peter Volney, yeah. who does the yeah. Scuderia Southwest at mm-hmm. the... Concourse in Fountain Hills. Yes, it's a lot of work. So tell us, how do you keep in charge and organized? Tell us about the kind of work it takes to really put oh, this Oh, you're, a-
3: you're assuming I'm in charge and
0: organized, <laughs> first of all. Wait a minute. Uh, Stuart's <laughs> got people. He's got people. <laughs>
3: No, it's, uh, it's, it's really, uh, it started out as a labor of love for me. I'm a 32-year veteran at Pebble Beach and car shows and concours in general. And just a couple of years ago, I was at Pebble, and uh, I've been living in Vegas for some time. We have everything here in Las Vegas, and all of a sudden, the light bulb just went on. I'm like, why don't we have this in Las Vegas? We really need it. And I looked around, and I thought, I'm just a guy just maybe stupid enough to do this. And uh, I have enough, uh, you know, enough uh, connection and enough ability, and I thought, you know, no one's done this. It really needs it. I love this car hobby, and I'm going to both feed in.
0: Well, I talked to uh, a a few people in my travels uh, throughout the country just the last couple of weeks, and I actually mentioned it. I said, Las Vegas Concourse. In fact, I have people in Vegas, and I said, hey, you got to go. And they were like, what? We? Really? We have, we have a Delegance? I said, yes, you do. You need to attend. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Just so we don't lose folks if they are interested, let's say right out of the gate. Stuart, what are the dates? And tell us about the details of that Delegance in Vegas.
3: So we're, we're coming out of the shoots with a four, day, four days of events for our inaugural year. And we need to do that because we're Las Vegas. There's an expectation here. We're going to do this thing right. We're going to do everything we can to make this the best thing it can be coming out of the shoot. So we tell people that we're going to look like we've been doing this seven, eight, nine years.
0: Well, the website right. looks like yes. Yeah, so if you guys head over to lasvegasconcours.com. This, this website is Looking good. And it's got the 38 Phantom uh, cars in here.
3: Yes. Thank you. That's my favorite car of all uh. time. So I invited it. Like when you are the chairman. You now, how do you invite a car, car like that,
0: Stuart? <laughs> what did you do? Because we tried to get it out of Jay, and Jay's like, well, somebody called us, and yeah, we said, well, okay. <laughs> how do you get a yeah, car like the 38? You have to
3: be really nice, and you have to put $100 bills in the right place.
0: <laughs> yeah, no doubt. Uh, yeah, no,
3: I'm a friend of the museum, and I went up there and talked to them and told them what I was doing and told them the level at which I was doing. I said, the Phantom Corsair is my favorite car in the world, and I want it at my show. Yeah. And they and were it was very cooperative.
0: And you have a wonderful tribute to uh, Helene Rother, who is the uh, first woman to work as an automotive designer for General Motors. Uh, tell yes. us about that, we, yeah.
3: We feel like we're breaking ground with that. So we're, uh, we are we found Helene, we stumbled upon her, a very interesting and, uh, and very capable woman who's almost been completely forgotten, and she was the first woman to go to work for General Motors in 1943, and so we're bringing her forward and we're celebrating her through our show and what she was and her abilities, and we're, um, we're going to educate people about her and let her know and um, just... Uh, um, kind of dedicate everything that we're doing
0: to her. Yeah, I'm and sure. I love that. I love that. In fact, you have our good friends uh, Jennifer Maher with uh, Tech Force Foundation. Look, car people, what we, what do we do? What do we do, Stuart? We raise lots of money for good causes. Tell us what you are doing with Tech Force Foundation.
3: Well, Tech Force uh, came to us said we could use your help, and we said uh, we love the association with Tech Force, so. Uh, uh, our, our gale on Friday night. Is going to be benefiting TechForce, and our tickets are two hundred dollars for the gala, uh, but we're giving fifty dollars of each ticket raised toward them, and we're helping them in a lot of other ways too. We really love what they're doing. We love Techs. We need Techs. Everybody needs Techs. We support what they're doing. We support the kids, giving them an option to do something other than traditional college. We love what they're doing, and we're totally behind them. Yeah, and they're I'm helping us too.
0: Absolutely, uh, as a part oh, of ne- Nevada's oldest career and technical education. Uh, school, the South uh, Southeast Career Technical Academy. I think that's wonderful. Uh, so you've got a whole slew of uh, days. Uh, tell us about the judging. Uh, some folks listening now may not have attended. They've attended a, a traditional car show, but they haven't attended a delegance, a concourse, a delegance. Tell us the difference in the judging, if you can share that with us, Stuart.
3: That when people bring these cars to your show they, they want to know that they're going to be judged properly and we're a new show so we wanted to show because of uh, because we're new we wanted to establish the level of which we're participating and and to do that we wanted to bring in the best judges we have a team of 44 of the top Judges from around the world, Wow. and they're going to be coming in, and they're going to be the people that are actually uh, nominating the cars, giving the awards, and telling us who the best show is. They're absolutely important. They're so important to show who you are as a show, to show the car owners um, that your 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 car is going to be seriously judged, and it just uh, it just shows uh, you know every, it shows everybody the level at which we're operating.
0: Yeah, Very right. important and the attention to detail, uh, the immaculate. Well, I mean. The level of passion behind uh, the detail 2 restoration is incredible. You also have a celebrity golf tournament. Tell us about that.
3: Yeah, the, the uh, golf tournament is on Monday following. Uh, doing these shows for 32 years, I haven't seen too many golf tournaments. And I said, why not? shows are typically held on the golf course why not golf on the monday afterwards so uh, we're uh we've set that up our charity for that monday is the art center uh design college uh transportation design out of that's out of pasadena and we're raising money for them and we've invited uh some celebrities from all different fields to golf and uh it's an invitation you can buy a ticket but it's uh it's don't just show up it's uh uh, let us know if you'd like to golf. We'll set you up, and it's just going to be a fun day. Yeah. Kind of wrap things up. and uh,
0: I think it's a great just, idea. You're in yeah. one of the best. Uh, the, the, your backyard has some of the greatest courses. In fact, the Dragon Ridge Golf Club is where that uh, is going to be held. And that opening night gala just by... You know, working together with the future uh, steward of these youngsters, we talk about that a lot on the show. And, of course, uh, we think what Jennifer Maher and her team at TechForce is doing is uh, really getting to the parents about, you know, hey, Not every kid is college bound, and there are some serious shortages in skills, including uh, automotive technicians. So, what you're doing there is incredible. Big hugs to you, man. If you were, I'd give you a bear hug right now, buddy. If you and I (laughs) were standing, right back to you. (laughs) Yeah. So, um, anything else? We have a few minutes left. Um, I I might as well just ask you. I know you got the bug uh, many years ago, and putting these. Shows on, uh, it's a lot of work, and, uh, of course, you've got to keep your network up. What is your passion and drive, Stuart, at the end of the day when, when doing something like this?
3: You know what? It's, just, it's about my dream. This is my dream to do this. And how many people get to fulfill their dreams? How many people get to see them really come to life? So I, I got behind this, and it just—that's what's driving me. That's what's driving me every day. I want to see this. I want to see this at a, at a certain level. I want to raise the bar for car shows across the country. But I just want to do what I like to do, and I want to do it the level that I do things. And I'm hoping that other people will like it too.
0: Yeah, that's I think really so.
3: what keeps me going.
0: Absolutely, uh, you guys tuning in, you can get onto the Las Vegas concourse c-o-n nancy c-o-u-r-s dot com people check out the event starts friday october 25th at the keep memory alive event center a wonderfully uh built by world-renowned architect frank geary yes
3: yes so you you would ask me earlier i didn't mention but friday so friday nights are our opening night gala Saturday is our Concorde Elegance, and Sunday, the piece de resistance, I believe, is we're driving the Las Vegas Strip with these beautiful cars.
0: Oh, neat. Well, I tell you what, Stuart. Can you key. can you do us a favor? Can you save two little lonely chairs for Susie and I because <laughs> we just make take a cruise up there. I've got I've got to see my tech force people anyway up there, Susie. There well, you go. Well,
3: you and Susie, I got I got two seats in my 1933 Lincoln Rumble seat.
0: All right. Well, we'll bring the bibs so we no, don't drool all over that one.
3: I got <laughs> I got your names uh, reserved on those
1: already. Does it come with a beverage cabinet?
0: <laughs> yeah, like know. that 38. 38- <laughs> yeah, no doubt. Well, we appreciate. Uh, all you do, and I got to say, Stuart, you are inspiring many people. Uh, these things are not easy to do, and we admire what you're doing. Uh, and just know, you. you always have a mic here at Wrench Nation. Uh, please stay in touch, and we thank you for joining us. Stuart Sobeck with Las Vegas Concourse. Uh, thank you so much. Thank you for having me. Awesome. I mean, you know, what does it be? People start to say, look, it's like I always go back to our little guy, Mr. Martinez, who started pinstriping at the age of 60. Yeah. Why not? You listening, if you want to do something, including a concourse d'elegance in Las Vegas, (laughs) I'm saying go for it. Isn't yep. that what it's about? I
1: especially like the golf tournament following the show. Why that's, not?
0: That's ingenious. It's a lollapalooza yeah. of automotive goodness. So you've got a little bit of fundraising going on uh, for Tech Force. You have it at one of the premier buildings of distinction and unique beauty, uh, designed by that world-renowned architect Frank Gehry. And that's at the Keep Memory Alive Event Center uh, Friday night gala, October twenty-fifth, and over that four four days, you will. Absolutely be indulged with some gorgeous cars. Speaking of gorgeous cars, we have something locally here. Susie, tell us. Yes, we do. So here's what we've got. We've got the American Legion Post
1: 35 car, truck, and bike show happening this Saturday. We'll be out there. Yes. And so make sure you come out. It's on Chandler Boulevard and the 101 roughly and $25 to register. All makes and models. Come on out, everyone.
0: They got close to 100 cars. It's not too late. Uh, We'll put that up on Ranch Nation's Facebook if you just caught a piece of that. We'd like to see you out there uh, Saturday. I guess uh, they have us judging. I'm nervous. I got to judge some cars. You are judging. Oh my goodness. (laughs) Oh gosh, the pressure's on. Well, in any event, we appreciate Hanging with you guys every week. Uh, Remember to get on wrenchnation.tv, man. Join our tribe. Put your email. We respect your time. We will never spam you. And as I say every week, be safe. Hug each other. And never forget to hug a mechanic. It's on wrenchnation.tv, there's a billion websites out there. Well, there's a ton of nice shows I think you guys will enjoy. We know how it is. I mean, you got three to five seconds to listen to anything, you all got ADD, <laughs> Susie. Yes, please. am I lying? You're not lying. <laughs> People don't have attention anymore, so I'm just gonna tell you right up front. We know this. We understand. Some of you are already gone because you just, oh, got to get over there. Next. You capture our attention, though. Well, wrenchnation.tv. I mean, you can catch, leave it to Beaver's Tony Dow. We had a 50-year reunion with the Corvair. Yeah. 50 years that car came back in his life. Yes. Now, here's, uh, I get excited about this community situation. Open change, vehicle donations making a difference. There's a organization that has uh, donated uh, north of 6,000 cars on the East Coast. And last week, Noor Daoud, Palestinian drift racer from Ramallah. Do you know what it's like growing up in Ramallah, Palestine?
1: I don't even know where that's at.
0: It's in a very volatile area of the okay. world. Like people are trying to just eat for I mean, it's tough. And she is out there breaking the barriers. But that's all on wrenchnation.tv. And with that, I will invite you because we're all family up in here.